Welcome back to the Macam in the Middle podcast. Another Sunderland League game, this time at home. And the last home league game of the season was, of course, against Watford. A game that was a sellout. Uh, 40, just under 45,000 there at the Stadium of Light. A game that Sunderland could win and, well, give themselves the best chance of getting into the playoffs, knowing that potentially a point against Preston at the, you know, at the most would have secured it. But Sunderland don't do things the easy way. And it did finish 2-2, which means Sunderland go into the last game of the season outside of the playoffs. And we'll get into what can happen um, on that day towards the end of the podcast, because there's quite a few different scenarios which either benefit or do not benefit Sunderland. But Sunderland went 2-0 down, clawed it back to 2-2. And as always, we'll get into what happened during the game and again, what happens to the table and what that means for the last game of the season, which is, of course, Preston away on next Monday. Yes, next Monday. But first and foremost, Michael, like I said, it was a game that Sunderland went into knowing that it was, I want to say must win. But that might be slightly over-exaggerating it. But it, they went into it knowing that a win would have, you know, boosted the chances of getting into the playoffs considerably. A lot of pressure on it. Um, you know, Mowbray's talked down the playoffs all season, pretty much up until, um, well, even up until now, really. And like I say, we'll get into what happened during the game and the performance and whatnot. But we've just made the last game of the season even more stressful. Well, it's a Sunderland way, isn't it? We never seem to do things, that, like you said yourself in that intro, since when have we ever done things the easy way? That's just too boring. We need to live life on the edge of it, don't we? Um, but, you, you know what, right. In some, I can see what you mean. I think must win in a lot of ways does sound harsh, considering it's, what, our first year back in the championship and uh, and so on. But, yeah, I mean, it was a game that we certainly could have done with winning. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, part of me, well, a full-time, I was dejected somewhat with the result because I think when you based off everything Watford fans on other podcasts, online, whatever it was, a lot of them had the same opinion that Sunderland, if they turn up and want it more, will batter Watford or at least beat them because there doesn't seem to be much fight. And to, to be fair to the lads, I, don't, I think apart from the two goals that Watford scored, which I thought personally were two very poorly defended set pieces, which is the reason why we didn't win the game. But... Um, they didn't do all that much. And I think you could tell Watford looked a bit like they're on the beach. They looked like they were just going through the motions a bit. Um, although, to be fair, if you're looking at the context, context as a whole, we could be looking back after that Preston game and saying that that Patrick Roberts equaliser could be significant. It could be. And obviously, we'll get into that later on. But it's, at one point, it was definitely better than no points. Because if we lost yesterday... Then, or at the time of recording, you know, if we'd lost against Watford and Blackburn beat Luton, then we're done because then Millwall and Blackburn would have played each other and one team at least gets, and both teams at least get a point or one team gets three points, which means we would have no chance mathematically, mathematically rather. So at least a point does keep it alive. It does. But once again, Kyle, and, you know, again, this probably sounds a little bit harsh, but. Sunderland, it's always weird 
kind of podcast to record towards the end of a season, especially after a season like this, because, you know, 12 months ago, if I said we might just miss out on the playoffs and we'll do a podcast at the end of the season and be like, wow, what season and how happy we are. But it could end up being that Sunderland miss out on the playoffs by a point or two. And although that is still, don't get me wrong, a very, very good season, even if we had a fully fit squad, never mind with all the injuries we've had and a managerial change or whatnot. But Sunderland could end up missing out on the playoffs this season. And the only thing that you can really look at, aside from the injuries is the number of points we've dropped at home. And this game against Watford, who I would check, but everyone's not there right now, so I can't. But I'm sure it's something like they've won three games this year, maybe. I, I don't know if that's right. Or I know for a, Sorry to interrupt. I know for a fact they haven't won away from home since January the 2nd, I think. Yeah. If that helps. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, you know, they're not in good form. Jao Pedro, obviously, you know, a very good player. Um, he's left or leaving to join Brighton. He wasn't involved in the squad. Watford, nothing to play for. Sunderland, everything to play for. And, you know, again, it was just one of them home games where we, well, we just haven't picked up the points that right. we possibly should have been. Yeah, we. I mean, we absolutely outplayed ourselves, especially in the first half. You could just see... I, and I'm sure we could have a whole two-hour-long discussion about why our home form is the way it is. But a lot of it was just, I felt like the occasion obviously was built up, which is totally the right thing to do. Like, you, you only get so many amounts of these games that matter, and as a fan base, you want the games to matter. So for anyone being like, oh, we built up the occasion too big, like, that, that's what you're supposed to do as a fan, you know, as a fan base. So Because otherwise, um, what's the point in getting excited? <laughs> well, we'll get to that later. No, yeah. no one should be excited about anything. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it was just one of those, you could tell we were pressing a little bit too much. Yeah. Watford, honestly, the only way we could have won this game is if we somehow didn't concede a corner at all. And like, I kind of even thought that going into the game, I was just like, the only way they're going to score is off some sort of set piece or something. We really didn't even give away that many corners, but of course the, the two that we did (laughs) resulted in two goals. That was just the only thing that like. On paper, I mean, you can you can look at it. Yeah, we could have defended certain ways and things like that. But at the end of the day, like you can't coach height. You just you can't. And they had height and we didn't. And uh, props to them. I mean, the the set pieces were pretty decent. But at the end of the day, we just didn't have we didn't have the people to cover them. And it, it it's it's unfortunate. But yeah, hope's just a dangerous drug. And I think that's why I think we're all kind of feeling a little ho hum about it. But I really liked, you know, I listened to some of the other pods. I really like what I think it's Eleanor from the Wiseman Say podcast said. She she just refuses to to admit that that Patrick Roberts goal can be for nothing. So she just feels like, you know, it, it was meant to be, you know, almost. So I kind of like that, too, because that goal was was special. And to see that in front of that pack crowd and, and to to then have that kind of be the sending off for the team after a really hard fought season. I, I also agree. I, I, I just have, I have hope and that, that scares me because it, like I said, hope is to be really fair, good. To Eleanor, that, that's actually a really good way to put it, isn't it? You'd like, cause, cause, cause that ultimately if we win at Preston, that Patrick Roberts goal, will be looked back as the goal that got us in the playoffs. Well, well one you look back even last Providing season, right? Providing results go away, obviously. Patrick <laughs> Roberts also scored the goal against Sheffield Wednesday last season to, to get us to, you know, so, I just love him, just in general. I know oh, he's kind of up and down, but right. hope's a dangerous drug. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just you know, there's all these parallels we could draw, but yeah, no, it's just I mean, there's only so much we could ask for given the state of this. I mean, even our manager's getting injured at this point. So, yes. oh boy, <laughs> it's uh, 
<laughs> it's a. Uh, it was what a game. It had it had all the emotions mixed into one, all uh, all for one point. So there you go. Yeah, we'll get on to the game now because, quite frankly, I think most of this is probably going to be talking about Preston um, and the table because there's so much to talk about and just try and get your head around based off that. So we'll do that. But before we do that, we'll get into what happened during the game. And like we said, Michael, Mowbray, especially, not so much the fans and, you know, the players, but Mowbray especially has downplayed the playoffs all season. You know, he still is, um, even though scenarios could happen and we could still make them now. He downplayed them all season. And is there a sense there that that was the right thing to do? Because we went into this game, like I said, knowing that it was in our hands knowing that if we beat Watford, you know, there's probably about an 80% chance that we make the playoffs. And, you know, the first half, you could probably sense the nervousness because for what Sunderland are at home, yeah, they you know, sometimes struggle to break teams down, sometimes struggle to, you know, make it into the final third and, and create something worthy there. But the first half was littered with individual mistakes, one of which actually led to the first corner that Watford scored from. But, you know, the mistakes that happened in the first half is something that hasn't really happened all season. You know, Dan Neal not playing five-yard passes, tackles going in that are nowhere near the ball. And there was just a lot of, I want to say, nervous mistakes. I think nervous energy would probably be the way for me that sums up the first half. And to an extent, to a large, to a smaller extent, the rest of the game. Um, Because right, on the whole, even if you do look at the home, I mean, obviously, like Kyle said, you could literally have a, you could literally have an inquiry into the home form. But one thing that I do think that the lads, maybe aside from Burnley's second half and Stoke across the whole game, I don't actually think the home performances have, on the whole, been that bad, which makes it even, which makes it even more of a head scratch, basically. Um, but you're right. The first half, we, I don't know. I think we got so energetic, so pent up, so wrapped in the occasion that I think we forgot to play the game and I think we just yeah. and I think a lot and it's a, that in itself is a cliche because you hear it quite a few times but we just couldn't seem to get our rhythm going and every time we got into the final third it's like we were trying to what was it walk the ball in with the perfect goal because obviously I mean we've had to adjust to doing that haven't we we've had to adjust to keeping the ball on the deck because we can't just lump it into Rose Ed in the box because there's nobody with height to aim for unless you stick unless Danny Bart or Dan Ballard suddenly miraculously come back from injury and yeah. stick themselves up top but yeah it, we, we definitely gave the ball away a lot more than what we probably should have done we certainly messed around with it a little bit more than what we probably should have done but you know it, it is one of those. First half, for whatever reason, we just could not seem to get into our rhythm as much as we would have liked to. Yeah. And obviously, like I say in the game, Kyle, we go 2-0 down. Both two corners, the only two corners Watford get in the game. And obviously, like I say, the first one, I can't actually remember how the second one came about, but the first one stems from O'Neill and a poor yep. pass. And again, like I'm alluding to there, just individual mistakes that usually you know, don't happen for Sunderland, um, especially as often as they did in that first 45, but whatever you do when you look at this game, the one thing that you can't really, you know, pull too many punches about is if Sunderland are to concede from corners. That's that's the only way that you can kind of say, well, what what sure. can you do? And you've got someone <laughs> six foot five and six foot six and six foot three and six foot four all in the box against Gucci who must be about five foot nine. <laughs> Right, and, and and that's 
you you nailed it too. Just saying that there are only two corners of. I mean, to only even as a team to only really give up two corners, like most teams would aim for that because you know typically chance on success on an evil even playing field uh, or corners is pretty low, but not against us currently, you know. And so it was just one of those where it's almost, it's almost like a penalty when you get corners, <laughs> yeah. right? Right, exactly. It, yeah. So it it really was, and I think Mowbray uh, said it as well. It's like our one Achilles heel, and it did kind of feel like that. That like we are just so we play so well in in so many aspects of the game, and and how and even just how we defend, and 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 the effort, and diving in front of balls, and getting clearances from the box. But like I said, the one thing that we just didn't have, there's nothing that we could control was was the height, and you know. Chris Wilder came in there with the, with the game plan of the most boring game plan of all time, but a lot I mean, of time waste in which just boring. to add on went completely unpunished throughout that <laughs> game. Just to add, um, I, yeah, but since when since them. when's that a thing with the referees though? They're right. always so they've got such integrity about them, haven't they? Right. I, think I, I, think I was I was saying at the time, Ron, you know, teams are going to do it because it doesn't get punished, but. Right. I think the referee spoke to one of their players after 20 minutes for taking a throw-in and taking forever to take it. Book them. First, right. first time to do it, book it. Right. They're not going to do it again after that. I think, too, especially with corner kick, or not corner kick, excuse me, uh, throw-ins, the first player to touch the ball on the touchline, that should be it, right? There's none of that where he picks it up, he looks around, then he puts it down, the other guy comes around and picks it up again and wastes another you know, 15 seconds. I mean, that would be one rule change. It'd be pretty easy to say, hey, you touch the ball on the touchline for throwing, you have to be the designated, whatever. It's it's not going to change. So what? I don't know what I'm getting at. But yeah, it was just um, like like we said, it, I think we set up pretty well. We we just kind of outplayed ourselves a little bit, um, which is tough. I know, that, you know, this group of players, I do feel like for once does have a really genuine, like emotional connection with the fans. And that's super rare. And mm. just like with anything else, it's almost like we're the, you know, it's like when a kid wants to play really well for his parents, right? It's it's kind of like the same, you know, these kids want to play well for us. And they knew the occasion. They knew what was on the line. They wanted to play well. And sometimes when you're thinking too much, you know, some of the best football we've seen has come with no one. It's all reaction-based. Reaction-based, one touch, moving and running. And, yeah, we just weren't even connecting the simple passes. And, yeah, it's it's just like you said, the corners essentially were penalties in this regard because they both of them were – Kind of cheaply given away, but at the end of the day, you're you're going to give up a corner at some point in the game, and it just was it it just happened to be against a, a tall team that executed well, and not a whole lot you can say about that. There, I I don't I truly don't know how we could have done things much differently to to defend those types of situations. Yeah, well, it was one nil at half time. The second goal comes about halfway through the second half, and it was looking to be one of them days where. You know, it's a big day, it's a sellout crowd, it's, you know, everything's there, the players are there, everything to play for in Sunderland's hands and nothing comes from that. But right after um, we get, after sorry, right after they get their second goal, Sunderland pull one back through Luke O'Neill, of all people, of course, against the club that I think released him as a young player. And... It's a striker's finish, really, Michael, isn't it? And it's one of them ones where yeah. Sunderland, you know, I've been praised quite a lot for it this season, where when they, when they are on the attack, there might be five, six players in the box. And when you get that many players in the box, you know, even if the delivery's not good or you get a ricochet or a deflection, if you have that many players there, there's a good chance it's going to fall to someone. And on this occasion, it did. It's Luke O'Neill at the back post and gets that goal. And, you know, although it was a kind of a sucker punch to go 2-0 down to get that goal what 40 
seconds to 60 seconds later is absolutely massive really isn't it it is it sets the stage for the last 20 minutes doesn't it because without that then Watford um I mean even though even though I still didn't think they were that good I thought they were pretty poor actually but that it gives them the platform to go and waste more time I mean they tried they obviously tried to do nothing but waste time anyway but it gave them the stage to just kill the game off and just kill any forward momentum from Sunderland whereas that that goal straight away you could tell Watford then suddenly went oh no now we're gonna and, and apparently they're what yep. a lot of their fans were saying. Their character is very, very brittle. And you can tell as soon as we got the goal back, how instinctively they sat back. And the rest of the game was pinned in Watford's half. As for the finish, yes, it was actually a pretty, it was probably a striker's instinct sort of goal. Remember when we had one of those fit? Um, but, <laughs> I don't, but, actually. Yeah, right, it's been so long. To be fair, I, I, I'm a bit, I still personally class Joffy as a striker. But when you're talking like a focal point, but that's a really good finish from from Luko Nine, and actually, it's, it's kind of a bit of somewhat redemption from him because you remember in the reverse fixture he scored an own goal, didn't he? Um, to put Watford two one up before we got a draw there. We seem to love late equalisers against Watford. I've just realised, but um, yeah, but it set the stage, didn't it? Because then suddenly the crowd, some members I think were starting to walk away from the ground, uh, and then suddenly they start to come back in. The belief comes into it. What? Which, which just to add on to that is. It... <laughs> You know, people again. I think we've talked about this a couple of times, but leaving the, like twenty minutes to go, two 0 down, biggest game of the season, potentially the season, the the game. You know, obviously the last home game of the season. There was a lot of people that walked out after that second goal, wasn't there? Yeah, although oh, there was. Um, and I mean, to be fair, in, to, in in fairness to them, some of them probably would have just left to go and get a pint, maybe or go to the toilet or whatever it was because they probably just didn't see it was it, it looked like one it would look like it was going to be like one of those days i certainly thought it was going to be at that point but yeah i mean obviously as soon as we got the first one suddenly the people started flooding back into it i mean we yeah. got our, i mean obviously we've discussed the crowd so often to be honest again in patches yesterday i thought the home atmosphere was pretty shocking um, yeah. and that's something that's really got to be addressed going forward to try and make it Better, but anyway, that's a different conversation. But as for the goal, you're right that it was a good finish, and the timing of it, especially given what was to come later, was absolutely critical in us getting something out of that, and yeah. keeping us and still at least for now keeping us in the race for the playoffs. It does. And after that goal from 09, Kyle Sunderland felt as if they could get more out of the game than just you know a consolation goal. And obviously they did, they worked hard, they were on the front foot, they were moving the ball quickly, winning the challenges, something that they weren't doing at all in the first half. Um, you know, there was probably three or four times away from the goals that, you know, Sunderland got into a position where probably everyone in the stadium think we could score here. Um, and even after the equalising goal, which of course comes in the 95th minute, and apparently Roberts, who I thought had a you know, generally quite a poor game, really, in terms of what we know he's capable of. But this is why, you know, he's playing games. He doesn't get took off very often because yep. he can he can do what he did and gets the ball edge of the box. Jack Clark, who, you know, it's, it's very much a, a bus gets assist um, from when <laughs> Messi used to score. But, you know, the I, I say that, but it's, it's an easy assist physically but mentally, probably a very, yep. very hard assist to get because, you know, 96 minute, you've got a minute or two left on the clock, 2-1 down. He has a chance to shoot there, really. Um, and, you know, kind of if it goes in, he's the hero, this, that and the other. But, you know, he has the smart uh, thinking, plays it to Roberts, Roberts edge of the box, yep. curls it into the top corner. And, you know, that is, well, at the minute and what could be a massive, massive goal. 
Yeah, and um, another shout out to uh, a couple of the subs that were made. I think were were pretty spot on. Alex Pritchard when he came on, he came on at the 58th minute. I think that's really when you know we kind of got in the front foot. And I think Pierre Equa did just fine up until that point. Like I said, I think <laughs> other than the corners, which no one could defend it, I think he played extremely well. But he came off, and I I, I do feel like Alex Pritchard you know made a, a big impact there. But yeah, just going to the goal and and Jack Clark, my God, I mean you could just tell every time the ball went to his side, they had, there's that one time there's five players around him. You know, so obviously that was, you know, Watford's strategy the whole time. Hey, if Jack Clark touches the ball, you know, we have to, you know, put, put bodies on him, essentially. And uh, and they did. And credit to him to just stay, just like you said, some some players would get so frustrated and just say, now I finally have a chance. Let me just take, you know, let me just take it. But it just shows the sense of confidence and belief that we have. And and even goes back to, you know, the, the little YouTube series that we do where they ask, oh, who's the best, you know, who's been the player of the season? And every one of these players that were picked out, I mean, people said Jack Clark. They said, obviously, Ahmad. A lot of people said Patrick Roberts. And you could just see when Roberts got the ball. Two, de- oh, Actually, Jack Clark, when he passed it, had two defenders take each other out because it was such a good touch by him. So that allowed Patrick Roberts to have that space. And you can tell he looked at the goal and then looked down at the ball and just, you know, in his head, he's like, I can, I can put this exactly where it needs to be because he's just that kind of a player. And to have a rough you know, pretty much a rough 95 minutes up to that point and then have the chance to just, you know, show your skill and put it away like that was just, it shows the confidence and the belief that, you know, Mowbray has in this team and the players obviously all feel that as well. And it, it just kind of all encapsulated to that rather hectic finish, but my goodness, what a way to go out. I mean, like, like we said, even though it's not a, not three points, it's, it's sure it, it's a draw that feels a little bit like a win, but it's uh, I'll take that every day of the week. That I mean, that was just special. Definitely was. Yeah, and obviously it finishes 2-2, and it is a point. It's a point that keeps Sunderland outside of the playoffs, but very well and truly in the playoff mix going into the last game of the season, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But before that, Michael, a standout player from the game, just one and one only. One only? Oh, OK, then. Um, it's a tricky one because, again, I didn't feel anyone had a above a 7 or an 8 out of 10, really. And I know we're not going back to play ratings, obviously, but... You know what, right? I, I know you said he had quite a poor game, and I'm just going to go Patrick Roberts just for that goal because it's yeah. just it, it's such a huge moment. And I actually thought Patrick Roberts was okay. I think again he did his typical link-up play with Ahmad, and I think that he he looked like a threat. A lot of times he went down the byline, and Watford were literally crapping themselves. They they couldn't know how to deal with the forward intensity that we had. So yeah, personally, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Patrick Roberts just for the fact that that is still yet another because he uh, goal the goal of the season contender that will never be nominated. Is. Although, might be a bit of a stretch that because I did see a video of that Manuel Benson, who's done the exact same thing four times in a row for Burnley. True. Um, yeah, well, Patrick Roberts does it better. Maybe, <laughs> maybe so. But a standout player for you, Kyle. Oh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Luco Nine. That was a big occasion for him. You know, against the old team. You know, getting a getting a, a weird goal, but like you said, I'd, being in the right spot at the right time, just putting it away. Um, I'll go. I'll go Luco Nine with this one. Put in a good shift. I mean that. The poor defensive backs are just or defensive line is just terrible. It, or not terrible. It's just all the injuries. He's had to step up. He's had to kind of take control. I thought I thought he just played his part well. And getting that first goal is really what kind of spurred on the rest of it. So I'll give you. Kyle, just to point out though, the one disappointing thing from Luke O'Neill, he didn't kiss anybody. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't think I can give him out of the match unless he, unless he tries to kiss someone. Right, or unless. He, <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. Unless he, well, I think it was funny too. There's, there's a moment, I think it was Jack Clark, but one of their uh, defenders kind of went through the middle and Jack Clark, like really, I think, I think it was him had to like grab his arm and like really shove him down and pull him down, you know? And uh, I'm just like, you just got to, you know, do the Luke and you just jump on his back. You know, not, none of this pulling and grabbing. You just got to jump right on him. You oh, know? So, cool. Cool. <laughs> anyway. Right. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll give to Luke. I love him. Yeah. But like I said, last game of the season is now, obviously, the biggest game of the season. Um, not much I don't know that one. But in terms of the table and... This is what, where your math skills comes into it. What can happen, and they're not very good, I'll tell you that. But That's fine, I can try it. Well, we'll see what can happen, what can't happen, um, and all that nonsense, basically. Because Coventry, who, of course, won against Birmingham in their last game, are fifth on 69 points, which is obviously fifth is the cap because Burrow are fourth and are very well clear of anybody else in the table. So Coventry on 69 points, 12 goal difference. Millwall sixth on 68 points with an eight goal difference. Seventh is us with 66 points with a 10 goal difference. West Brom in eighth on seventh with a 66, sorry, eighth with a seven goal difference on 66 points. Blackburn ninth, 65 points, a minus three goal difference, quite incredibly, um, with an extra game to play. So, basically, as far as I'm aware, if Middlesbrough, for some bizarre reason, decide to do us a favour and beat Coventry on the last game of the season, I'm pretty sure everything's on Monday, isn't it? Yes, it's everything. It is. 8 a.m. to for all the games. Well, this is Coventry, so this could be a very well a delayed kickoff, of course. Um, <laughs> if Burma do beat Coventry, and obviously anything that happens that would involve Sunderland getting the playoffs is reliant on Sunderland beating Preston. Anything less than a win against Preston will not do it to get that in there first. But if Burma do beat Coventry and Sunderland beat Preston, I think I'm right in saying Sunderland are guaranteed playoffs. Yes. Um, as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt that. Yes, you are, because because in the group chat we were talking about this and yeah. basically how the maths would work. Preston, right, so Coventry, if I'm right, you said are on 12 plus 12 goal difference. Aren't 12 goal difference yep. compared to our 10. And obviously, if they lose, they lose one goal difference minimum. If we win, That's, we gain one goal exactly. difference and it would and, finish on goals scored. I think I think it was Ryan Daniel <laughs> said that he thought it was down to head-to-head, which I'm like, no, it's not. As well. no. unless, <laughs> unless I've been living under a rock and they've changed the rules in the last two years. I think, then, I think it is head-to-head in certain competitions, but... Not the championship. Not, yeah, no, I was going to say not in English football. I don't think it is. Um, basically, yeah. would then it, if if the goal so if they currently lost, let's say currently lost one nil at Middlesbrough and we beat Preston one nil, the goal difference is exactly the same. But we then get ahead of Coventry on goals scored because of our as at the time of recording, Coventry have scored I think fifty seven goals. Um, and just to point out, Coventry you've had Victor Jokeres fit all season. Um, yeah, I've yeah. had fifty seven goals, whereas us at times we've had to play without a striker. Have got sixty-five goals, so that would mean that. <laughs> so that would mean in that scenario, we get ahead of Coventry on goals scored. Which unless, means... unless again, this is a stretch, but yeah. just to chuck this in there as a thing, unless Coventry were to lose like fifteen, fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, well, to be fair, Middlesbrough could be putting out a half-ass team, so you never know. So anything could. could happen with that one. Um, well, obviously, the, obviously, the other caveat we have to mention is that Blackburn. At the time of recording, this will be up probably after Blackburn has played Luton, but at the right. time of speaking, we don't know the outcome of that game. So Blackburn, if they win their last two, then we've got no then we've got next to 
no chance because if they win on uh, if they win against Luton, then it's mathematically in their hands. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, it is because I got Millwall last game. But obviously, so in the scenario that Coventry lose and we win, we finish ahead of Coventry on goals scored at the very least, if not yeah. goal difference. Because of course, Blackburn with Blackburn playing Millwall, this is honestly the most confusing thing ever. <laughs> and I feel like I should be walking out of this podcast with some kind of bachelor level degree trying to work this out but obviously Millwall playing Blackburn last game of the season means they can't both finish above us West Brom are on the same points as us with the worst goal difference so again if we win and they win providing they don't win by more than four we'd finish above them on goal difference and if they finish on the same goal difference it would again go down to goal scored Millwall if they were to win their last game of the season yep. and Coventry were to not lose their last game of the season, then it's done, correct? Then it is done. Yep. If Millwall draw with Blackburn and Coventry don't lose their last game of the season, providing Blackburn haven't won on Monday, you definitely, you definitely <laughs> have to think about this, aren't you? <laughs> we get top six. Right. It's yeah, I think yeah. I don't know. There's about a thousand. I mean, tomorrow we'll know. We'll know a lot more tomorrow, right? I we mean, will know I, a lot I, more tomorrow. Yeah, it'll at least it could possibly eliminate Blackburn if they if they because they have no, they don't have if they, they lose tomorrow. Have to get, they have to not get beat to give themselves a because even if they draw Blackburn, <laughs> then we're all in sixty six. Yeah, it's still in their hands because then it means that well, providing we don't beat Preston, but for them it's still in their hands because they can still finish above Millwall. This is why, for me, I'd rather Blackburn don't lose to Luton. I'd rather, they, obviously, I don't want them to win it. But if they draw against Luton, as an example, then I can True. see Black. Then I can see Blackburn want to go into Millwall re- with a realistic chance of finishing above them, which means yeah. that they're going to be more motivated for that game subconsciously, which True. could benefit Sunderland. Um, but it, again, a lot of it does hinge on that game. So the fact that Millwall are playing Blackburn, I think, is a big thing for us. And yeah. I mean, but, I mean, I'll be, best, I might best be case scenario: but... Blackburn don't lose on Monday, really. <laughs> yeah, so we need them to draw, basically. That's what yeah. I... Because if, if Blackburn lose to Luton, then they're three points behind Millwall, and I think it's like a... 17-goal difference or something. <laughs> yeah, it's a massive goal swing that needs to... I mean, Blackburn could still do it, but they have to beat win, like, 6-0 against Millwall, which, again, is extremely <laughs> unlikely. And even, even in normal circumstances, it's very unlikely anyway. Um, yeah. Goodness me, we don't do things easy, do we? We have to go through these different mass permutations. But, but basically, to put it this way... The easiest scenario to work out is if Coventry lose and we win, we get playoffs. There are other scenarios in which Sunderland get playoffs, but they are very confusing. So we'll just hold on to that one for now, I think. Yeah, providing Blackburn don't win their last two anyway. Yeah. Right, and, and Coventry-Middlesbrough is such an interesting game too, just because that's that's currently the playoff. Um, that's who they play in the playoffs, right? So you would it think is. that yeah. they wouldn't want to you know just lie down and get... Not, not that they ever... You know, most teams wouldn't in that situation, but... There's there's a lot to kind of prove in that game. Ah, oh, it's just it's fascinating. You know, it's just isn't it? Because Coventry sorry, Kyle, because Coventry no, you're good. the Middlesbrough, and as you said, that's who they're currently playing in the playoffs. Now that both teams might be thinking, looking at that game going, we could make this a very big psychological advantage going into the games of the going into the two legs. I mean, I can't imagine Middlesbrough would play Tuba Akpom. But I would imagine that they'll, they'll be a Cameron the likes of Cameron Archer, who's more than good enough to score goals. He's still good, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it's 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 going to be a fascinating final day. 
it's a long story short, but it, it'll be intriguing. But all I'll say is, can you imagine the scenes in the away end at Preston if everything does align and we end up in the <laughs> it, it, Yeah, I mean, up until I think the Blackpool game, yes, what was it yesterday? You know, I, I did really feel like I was like, oh my gosh, things are really almost going too well. <laughs> you know, it, like how, how did all of these dominoes fall exactly in our favor? And then, and then Duncan course, Watmore goes down to get a penalty, which wins the my game. My goodness, yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus. You know, and it was just, oh God, having to root, for, having to root for Blackpool. I mean, I couldn't imagine having to do that all season because, my goodness, oh, they, they, they just were, were struggling. So, uh, but you know, it's just we are. It's situations like this that you got to sit back and be like, we, we are pretty fortunate as a fan base to, to at least be in this sort of situation with all these. Yeah, exactly. It's just fun. It's just it makes it so much more fun rather than uh mid table finish. Let's just play all the kids. Oh wait, we we've played all the kids all season. So do we play? Yes. Yeah, who do, yeah, who we, do we, we play? Yeah. So things to point out to that. Uh, sorry, Josh. I know I'm trying to keep interrupting, but I think the one, it the has one very one much one. gone off the track. This one hasn't yeah. it? Oh so. well, it has. But you know, <laughs> not, we haven't got many more games to talk. Well, hopefully we'll have another True. two, at least another two after Preston. But point was, if a couple of points, if we don't, the best way to approach the last day is just go to look to win it regardless, because you yeah. want to end that's up. The only, that's a, that's the only thing that absolutely matters. If if we don't win, it does not matter. Oh no, exactly. It doesn't matter. No, if we if go to just just go to focus. Tony Mowbray had things. Comment was right. All we can do is just affect the Preston game. If we go and beat Preston, then the way I look at it is we've still had a great year, even if we don't make the playoffs. If we don't make them, so be it. Compared to where Wigan and Rotherham, who finished above us last season, are, Wigan are going back down to League One, and Rotherham, there's a chance they could be joining them. And if they don't, they'll just stop up. We'll ask both of them if they take where we are. And yep. I, think you'd, I think you'd argue they definitely would. But the point is this. So even if we don't make the playoffs, so be it. What a ride it's been. But if we I, do I make think the playoffs even absolutely even better. Fantastic. I'll, I'll end it on this. There's there's some good song lyrics that I think perfectly sum this up, and it's just K Sarah Sarah, whatever will be, will be. We we might go to Wembley. I don't know. I was know. gonna say, well, hopefully the last bit <laughs> of that song will be applicable, but we'll see. We will. But of course, Preston is on the Monday. Not this Monday, next Monday. The date is the God knows what. Eighth of May. Lost track. So eighth of May, that's it. Um, so we'll have a podcast out, of course, talking about that. And God knows what else after that podcast, because it could be playoff games, could be a season review, it could be absolutely anything at this point in the season. But of course, all that matters between now and the end of the season is that Sunderland need to beat Preston to keep their season going. If they just don't, one, it is over. Just one last thing to point out as well. One thing that could help us against Preston, and I said this against Watford, but we're at home, we're shite compared to away. Um, but Preston are out of the playoff mix now, which could help us. Yeah. They will possibly want to prove a point as well. Though. But you never know. These Maybe. games of football are always unpredictable. Very, 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 very stressful. And I'm sure <laughs> this one will be no different. But that is next Monday. We'll have a podcast out to talk about that game. And then another podcast out at some point after that, discussing something else, whatever that may be. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.